And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 1 through 28. The theme is the tribulation, the day of the Lord, that will come upon the world in the last days. In chapter 24, verses 1 through 35, the emphasis here is on the signs of His coming to the earth and is directed primarily to Israel, telling the people to watch and be ready. But these words have a message for the church today because coming events cast their shadows before. See, we're looking for the Savior and not for the signs because He can come at any time. But as we see these things developing in our world, well, we're encouraged to expect Him very soon. And then this passage of Scripture focuses on the church rather than Israel. The emphasis is not on signs, but on the fact that Jesus can return at any time. When He comes, He will reckon with His servants and reward those who have been faithful. So it behooves us to be ready. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. February 5th, Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 28. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he told them, Do you see all these buildings? I assure you, they will be so completely demolished that not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the slopes of the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and asked, When will all this take place? And will there be any sign ahead of time to signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah. They will lead many astray. And wars will break out near and far. But don't panic. Yes, these things must come, but the end won't follow immediately. The nations and kingdoms will proclaim war against each other, and there will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this will be only the beginning of the horrors to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because of your allegiance to me and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and will lead many people astray. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But those who endure to the end will be saved, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world, so that all nations will hear it. And then, finally... The end will come. The time will come when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about. The sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person outside the house must not go inside to pack. A person in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for mothers nursing their babies in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath. 
for that will be a time of greater horror than anything the world has ever seen or will ever see again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, the entire human race will be destroyed. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Then, if anyone tells you, Look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't pay any attention. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great miraculous signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you. So if someone tells you, Look, the Messiah is out in the desert, don't bother to go and look. Or, Look, he is hiding here. Don't believe it. For as lightning lights up the entire sky, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. Just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Christ is going to defeat this whole deal. And one of the ways He's defeating it is through His children that He came to save in their minds. One of the ways this thing is being defeated is by Him working through His Spirit in the minds, bringing our mind more into the conformity of the mind of Christ so that these mindsets are broken. When He makes all things new, that's what He's doing in His people. He's making the mindsets new. This, this is so important because so often we get hung up on the externals. It's the heart of the matter. It's the mindset. People act and live and do according to their mindsets. So what are some of these mindsets of the world? I give you one. One of the mindsets of the world is that life here is forever. That's the way they think. I mean, you know what? I can remember walking into my house when I... Oh, actually, I wasn't living there at the time. Ruby and I were visiting. I walk in to my stepdad's... Oh, I can just remember being there in the living room. My stepdad had been told he had liver cancer and he had three months to live. I can remember looking at him and there he is reading the evening paper with the TV on. I'm looking at my dad reading the newspaper. He's been given three months to live. He's reading the paper. The mindset of this world. Oh, if you ask, if you ask the people of this world, are you going to die? Well, factually, they know. Factually, they'll tell you, yeah, I'm going to die. But you know there's a mindset. Why was it when I was lost, I would ride my motorcycle like, like a madman, just barely on the edge of death? Because I thought I was immortal. I really did. I did not think I was going to die. That's how the world is. My dad sitting there, even though he's been told he's a dead man, he doesn't really believe he's going to die that night or tomorrow. He believes he's got time. That's the mindset of the world. They don't want to think about eternity. They don't want to think about the fact that life comes to an end. But what do we find when we come to the Scriptures? What is the mindset God would have us to have? 
You are but a vapor. You are a little mist that is here. You're like these flowers. Today they're there. Tomorrow they are thrown away. You know what the psalmist did? Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Psalm 39.4, O Lord, make me know my end. And what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Folks, you know what that mindset does? The mindset of the world? Listen, Ruby and I just went off to St. Louis. We went over there and we stayed in a motel for four days. Hotel. My family was telling me the difference between hotel and motel. Okay, we stayed in a hotel. We went in. Look, we were in that room for four nights. If we would have gone in there the first night, we'd have busted out the paint. We'd start painting the walls, putting new wallpaper up, buying a new home entertainment system, putting new carpet in. We're just decking it out. Lighters come down there and say, what are you guys doing? Well, you know, we're staying here. We're, we want it to be comfortable. Buy a new refrigerator, buy a new posturepedic mattress. We're putting it all. They think you guys are crazy. You're only here for four nights. So you'd think, say somebody was crazy if they did that. But step back in light of eternity and look what your life here is. It's nothing. It's nothing. What a... We read in the Scriptures about the ages to come. You tell me, in all the millions of ages to come, what is 70 years? What is 80 years? It's like a stay in a motel. And you watch the way people groom their yards, the way people buff their cars, the way people decorate their houses. They have a mindset that it is forever. May God teach us to number our days. Life is short, brethren. You don't want to go investing in this world. It's passing away. Psalm 29, verses 1 through 11. Praise before the storm. David called on the angels in heaven to ascribe praise to God. So you never know when a storm is coming. So be sure you're worshiping Him and giving Him all the glory. The greatest beauty of all is the beauty of holiness, and it comes from worshiping the Lord. You'll have power in the storm. First, the thunder rolled over the Mediterranean Sea. Then the storm broke and moved across the land. Seven times, the storm is called the voice of the Lord. What power there is in a storm. Even the angels shout glory as they watch it. And then, of course, there is peace after the storm. David may have seen a rainbow and remembered God's promise given after the flood. God sat as king at the flood, and he is still king. No storm is greater than God. If you trust him, the storm will bring glory to God. If life is stormy just now, worship him and wait on him. storm will pass, and he will give you peace. Psalm 29, verses 1 through 11, Psalm of David. Give honor to the Lord, you angels. Give honor to the Lord for His glory and strength. Give honor to the Lord for the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. 
The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf and Mount Hermon to leap like a young bull. The voice of the Lord strikes with lightning bolts. The voice of the Lord makes the desert quake. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forests bare. In His temple, everyone shouts, Glory! The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as King forever. The Lord gives His people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Proverbs chapter 7, verses 6 through 23. I was looking out the window of my house one day and saw a simple-minded young man who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman. He was strolling down the path by her house at twilight. As the day was fading, as the dark of night set in, the woman approached him, dressed seductively and sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type who never stays at home. She is often seen in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look she said, I have offered my sacrifices and just finished my vows. It's you I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. My bed is spread with colored sheets of finest linen imported from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip. He has taken a wallet full of money with him, and he won't return until later in the month. So she seduced him with her pretty speech. With her flattery, she enticed him. He followed her at once, like an ox going to the slaughter, or like a trapped stag awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life.